Yo, good looks to DreadSock.com for sponsoring this episode of Real Notes. Anyone who has curly or locked hair like me knows how sacred a good hair wrap is. A do-rag, a wave cap, a scarf, a bandana, a bonnet, you name it. DreadSock goes a step beyond the average with silk-based head wraps that offer full protection and frizz control for curls from 2A to 4C. They're made of a blend of breathable materials to help retain hair's moisture and preserve hairstyles enough to ensure a few less trips to the salon, all held down with an elastic band strong enough to withstand even the most aggressive head trips. Whether you wear one to bed or wear one on the go, Dreadsock will have you looking fresh and full. Socks come in all sizes, from shorties for short hair and beginner twists to extra large for the longer locked folks out there. Look, y'all, I've been growing my locks for nearly two decades and have been a loyal Dreadsock customer for 15 years. So when I tell you these shits work, I'm dead ass. Plus, they're an independent black owned business that's worth the time and energy. So, go to dreadsock.com and use promo code CINEMASAI, that's C-I-N-E-M-A-S-A-I, for 10% off your first order. They won't fall off in your sleep, but they will keep you looking fresh. Thanks again to Dreadsock for sponsoring the episode. Now let's keep this shit moving. What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Baltimore-born singer, songwriter, and creative director Joy Postel. We spoke about Netflix's Ginny and Georgia, The Dark Knight, Stomp the Yard, Love and Basketball, Remember the Titans, her time doing theater in school, finding herself as a solo artist in Los Angeles, how Baltimore, Los Angeles, and New York have influenced her music, and the creative process behind her 2018 breakout diaspora, and The Magician, the first in a series of EPs she plans on releasing this year. Come fuck with us. What's cracking, everybody? Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to Real Notes. Uh, it's going to be the last one of these for probably about two, three weeks. Um, I need a nap. I'm going to be in Chicago, and I need a nap. So, um, yeah, thanks to everyone for thanks to everyone for tapping in for what's been a cool season so far. Um, this season's cooler than it is outside. It's 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 a it's a little it's a little frustrating, but you know, we're we're staying cool. We're thriving. We're surviving. Uh, my name is Dylan Green, Cinema Sci. Uh, got a lot of names. Do a lot of shit. Be around. Um, and we got somebody on the show today who also is around and does a lot of really cool shit and has been for. Uh, at least the last, like, you know, like almost 10 years at this point. <laughs> um, you know, she's a singer, songwriter, um, performer, uh, designer, artist, all sorts of fun, really cool, great things. Um, the first of uh, four new EPs, The Magician is out. Now, everyone go run it up. Um, we got Joy Pastel in the house. Um, yeah, nah, Joy, thank you so much for being here. Like, it re- I was telling you off camera, but yeah, it means a lot that you wanted to connect and come on. So thank you so much. Oh yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, nah, no doubt. Um, I, uh, um, I, um, I was, I was first put on to your music around the time diaspora came out. So oh, yeah. that's kind of, so, yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of where my relationship with your music begins, but um, I'm really excited to like dig into, dig into all, dig into everything you've done and just like talk about movies and like how, you know, you, you know, you kind of like alluded before to the fact that like the magician is kind of this like this like grand concept that you're trying to put together through these projects. So, yeah, I definitely want to dig into that. And um, yeah, just this is going to be tight. I'm just happy oh, you're yeah. here. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no doubt. Um, so first question I ask everybody who comes on here is um, 
Uh, what was the last movie or TV show you watched that you had a strong opinion about? Oh, gosh, I'm watching one right now. Perfect question. <laughs> I'm watching Ginny and Georgia. <laughs> it's a TV <laughs> show on Netflix. Oh, my gosh, Ginny and Georgia. I think it's such a great, like, it's one of those shows where I'm like, I really dislike characters at times. Like, it's very, like, it hits close to home, especially as a woman, like, being having a actually it's very it gets very close to home so um my mom is from ireland my mom is irish so it's like i am mm. of two races and it's so funny because she is like the same her mom is white i think she's just american though and her mom is white her dad is black and it's just like just the story obviously i mean not obviously but this girl goes through a lot it's definitely one of those shows where i feel like I don't have any children, but it puts things in perspective of how much our parents sacrifice for us and how bratty sometimes and I just thought to myself, wow, being a mother can really be a thankless job. Just watching how much Georgia does and sacrifices and literally takes people's lives for her daughter. Her daughter is so disrespectful and out of pocket for half the show. It's insane. And it just <laughs> makes me think about, like, if I had a child and, like, did everything that Georgia did for Jenny, I would feel awful that my daughter, like, didn't even understand or appreciate or even you know, even just kind of even set her mother up. So I have a very strong opinion about the show. Everyone should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, because because like, like I heard about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I heard about it, but um, I didn't realize for some for some reason, I thought you were talking about Grace and Frankie, which is a completely oh. different show. The Jane no. Fonda show. <laughs> but um no nah, this sounds like i um, um while you were talking about it i was just looking into it yeah that sounds that sounds wild like how'd you how'd you find out about it were you just like surfing netflix and it just popped up on your on your feet yeah because i was watching too hot to handle which is like a re like a reality show which is yeah i know too hot to handle. okay i love too hot to handle too i watch i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> that show is so good but then i was like it kind of becomes mundane after like the seasons are like the same, but with different people. So it's like the plot doesn't really thicken. It just like, it's like every season is also the same. Like, I feel like there's always a couple that's just like, they can't, like, they always cost everybody money. Then there's the one couple that's really in love. Then there's like hella people that just don't find connections. So I was like, all right, yeah. let me watch something a little more in depth. So I started turning on Ginny and Georgia because someone, I think my cousin suggested it. And I was like, I just watched it and I was like, oh. This is good. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. How far? How far in are you? I'm season two, like episode three. Mm -hmm. How many? How many seasons is it? There's only two. There's only two so far. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, who's in it? Because like, because like, I, I know don't what know it's actors' names. I'm sorry. I'm so oh, bad at it. But she's they're good. so pretty. The both of both of Ginny and Georgia are so beautiful. I do not know their names, though. I've never seen them in anything else if that counts. Mm -hmm. so I don't know if it's no. like their breakout show or what, but it's a great cast. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, no, nah, I'm looking at the names right now. I don't recognize any of these names either. So yeah, yeah no, nah, it must be. That's cool though, honestly. I love I love stuff like that where it's not like I mean, like we all like, like we all love actors that we know, but it's just like dope to watch some shit sometimes. It's just like it's just like 80% people you have no idea who they are. So you can like really invest in them like as their characters yeah. versus like, oh, you know, like, like if like Will Smith was on the show, it's like everything's going to be colored by the fact that you like love Will Smith or like yeah. by the fact you might love Gabby Union or like you love Kiki Palmer, you know, like they're they're just like so iconic that it's like they 
like they're the role and then they're themselves too, whether they want to be or not. So it's nice to kind of like divorce from that every once in a while. Yeah. And then you're placing expectations on them as well. Like if Will Smith is in it, it's like, I know it better be good. You know what I mean? Like, I know I, I have to like it or something like that. Yeah, totally. And then, yeah, on top of that, my mom's white, too. So that sounds like uh, that sounds like relatable content. So I feel Yeah, unproblematic white moms. Heard that. That's funny as hell. <laughs> um, so, nah, Joy, let's take it. Let's take it all the way back with you. Um, what's the what's the first movie experience you can remember having? It could be at the theater. It could be at your cousin house. Like the first thing that comes to mind. It doesn't have to be the very first one, but the first right. thing that comes to mind. Honestly, the first when you just said that, the thing that comes to mind is seeing Dark Knight with my aunt in the theater. Um, <laughs> it's a Batman movie. I'm sure you remember. I don't even remember what year it came out, but it was such a good movie. And I don't know, my aunt, she passed away of cancer when I was 16. And it just like it's such a fond memory that I had oh, with her man. and my cousins and then um i don't know she just loved the movie so much and i i never you know i didn't i didn't have any expectations for it i think i was like probably only like 14 at the time but um yeah it was such a good experience yeah that's so cute you remember you remember how she liked the movie when you saw it um she just likes batman and like movies like that like action movies so you know honestly she likes she liked all types of movies so we would always go to the movie theater with her often like another experience i had was watching um Oh my gosh! Um, I was what's the? Uh, oh damn! I can't think of it right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, what's it called? Yeah, I think I think the the Dark Knight came out in oh I think that was 2008 because I was yeah I was like I'm I'm I must have been like 14, 15, or 16 around that time. Um, and I saw there was this um uh, my hometown had a movie theater that I think might be closed now, but like. <laughs> We saw we saw the movie the night it came out, and someone brought their toddler, and they were and the toddler was crying the whole movie. So like we're trying to watch like the Joker do the magic disappearing pencil shit with um uh Black Dynamite, like the dude who played Black Dynamite, and, like he smashes his face into the pencil, and like this toddler is just like shrieking in the back of the theater, and I'm just like, like ah oh, man, yeah, like, I awful. get, I get it. like some, sometimes you can't find a babysitter, but like. Why are you bringing no. your child to a Christopher Nolan Batman movie? Like no. the, 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 the night of? Like, <laughs> no, they're terrified. Uh-uh. <laughs> but like, but yeah, no, like, see, be like, it was, it was an experience because that was like, you know, like, even if people didn't really fuck with movies like that, that was like the one that everyone was going to see, and it was like, it wasn't my first Batman movie because I'm also, I'm also a fan of Batman, but like, it was uh that was, they definitely tried to do something a little different and make it a little deeper. And of those three, of those three Christopher Nolan Batman movies, I think that one's my favorite because sometime after I did a, uh, I did like a marathon, um, another theater near me showed like all three of the movies back to back to back right before the third one came out. And I remember being so amped to see the third one. And then I left and I couldn't be more disappointed. That shit was garbage. (laughs) I hated it. I thought it was really bad. But That's um, yeah, you know it happens sometimes. Yeah, you know, you, you, yeah, no, you can't help it. But um, but anyway, you're um, what um, do you have any other? Do you have any other memories and experiences of of going to the movie with your grandmother and cousins? It sounds like it was really important to you. With my aunt, but yeah, excuse I feel, me, I'm sorry. 
I'm trying to think of this one other movie. It has Chris Brown in it, and he dies in the beginning. Uh, Stomp the Yard. Okay, yeah, Stomp the Yard. See, that's the one I was trying to think because I remember specifically when we saw it in the theater, someone like was screaming. They was like, get off Chris Brown because he was popping at the time. Like, Chris Brown yeah. was like a sex icon, like definitely like giving all that at the time. People were yelling at the TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> and then six people were bringing in food from outside. That was a more fun experience. Or like even going to see like Medea in the movie theater. Yeah. Like seeing movies like that, I feel like are a lot more because I'm from Baltimore. So it's like it's a yeah. whole bunch of black folks in the movie theater. And it's very much giving like you're with a lot of cousins, a lot of aunties and uncles. Everyone's like very vocal at the um, movie theater screen. Yeah. So I, I love seeing movies like that in the theater when I was younger as well. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it's always it's always such an experience. I saw, I think I saw Stomp the Yard with one of my best friends. Like we, um, that was like, yeah, no, nah, every, every everyone was so every, everyone was falling out when Chris, um, um, uh, when Chris Brown got shot, and then Columbus Short goes to school and fucking like Neo in his peanut head. Yeah, that was that was that was that was a crazy movie. <laughs> and Chris Brown died so quickly. I feel like he yeah. died within the first thirty minutes of the film. If that, you know, like it yeah. was because like, yeah, because like he was in he was in all the trailers and then he just like, I don't know if they I, I don't know if they they, they might have actually said that he died in the trailer. I can't remember, but I remember it being just like a, everyone was just like shook when it happened, yeah. because like you said, he was just like he was up was there so at that time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was a good time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been mean, I've been meaning to rewatch Stomp the Yard because it showed up somewhere on like one of the streamers and I've been meaning to just like run it back just because I haven't seen it like that. You got served. I yeah. like, like, like that you got served in drumline were all like really important movies to me growing up or at the very yeah. least like, I remember where I was when I first saw them and like how I felt first watching them. Like they were like super duper formative to me for some yeah. reason. Like, <laughs> Cause those are also super cultural films. You know what I mean? Like, especially yeah. something like, drumline like that's super rooted in hbcu culture like so it's like you know bad like especially with like stomp the yard like like i'm from baltimore so growing up like even during like middle school dances we they battle into baltimore club music so it's like you know it's like literally like very close to home like i'm like oh look like it's just very regular obviously we weren't in like a big warehouse but i was like you know it's, (laughs) it's reminiscent of things that are happening you know in your real life so i feel like that makes sense Right, yeah, no, hundred percent. And then on top of that, I'm from Jersey, so like yeah. we also have Jersey Club, and like Jersey and Baltimore Club are like this. So you know, like that's like well, we came first, connect- but right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now of course, y'all came first, <laughs> but you know, just like, just, 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 just like having that experience and just like understanding and appreciating what all of that means. I, I, I don't know. It's just so special, you know. Like it, it just, yeah. it just, it just makes the experience that much more special. Yeah, I agree. Um, so like, as, so, so like, as you get a little older and you start having more life experiences, um, was there a movie you could think of that, um, kind of stopped you in your tracks as something more than just like a piece of entertainment, just like something that really like resonated with you on like, just like watching it. And it was like a capital M movie that wasn't just like 90 minutes of entertainment. Ooh, like something that's very emotional. Yeah. 
I can, I'm, the first one that comes to mind is, but it, it's a bit younger. Like, I remember I was in high school when I liked this movie, but I was super emotional over um, Remember the Titans. I don't know why. That movie was super <laughs> emotional for me. Like, I just thought it was just like, I would watch it and my mom be like, why are you watching this movie to cry? I'm like, I don't know, but it's so good. I can't stop watching it. <laughs> oh, I think as I get older... I mean, I'm thinking of movies like Ray. I really love biopic films. Like, movie, and I feel like Ray is probably like up there with one of you know. I mean, Jamie Foxx did such an amazing job playing him. It's incredible. I'm like, are you Ray Charles? Like, please, I've never seen y'all in the same room. (laughs) But no. Um, (laughs) So um, those are two movies that I think off the top of my head. But um, I'm trying to think of more recent ones, like growing up as well. Hmm. One of my fa- other favorite movies that I watch all the time growing up is Love and Basketball. Um, mm-hmm. Classic. That's a classic too. So, um, and it, when it, when I think back on the plot of it, I was like, uh, you know, really, yeah. like, <laughs> like the ending that was so romantic. I was like, wait, like he left his wife over a basketball game. Like this is yeah, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> He he looked dead into the camera and said, "Double or nothing." I'm like, "Son, oh my come on now!" Like, I that's all it takes. Women involved. <laughs> yeah, man, me too. He he was he was. I mean, like from scene one, he was never he he was he was never good to Sanai Lathan. He was never good no. to Tyra Banks. None of them. Just like just just like completely dogging. Just like just like completely dogging her in front of other women. Just like just awful, man. But it's a great movie. Like <laughs> great movie though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just, ugh, you know, <laughs> I was, yeah, no, I've, I've, um, um, I've actually talked to a couple people about loving basketball and like kind of looking back on it in hindsight and being what, not the one, you know, like not, not, not in that way, you know, like he was, he was just, he was just bad news. <laughs> no, giving Donnell Jones energy. Ooh, yeah, nah. <laughs> Very tough. Um, ugh, but um. But uh, you mentioned uh, Remember the Titans, right? And um, yeah. that was, uh, like, I, I mean, I had seen Denzel in movies before, but, like, I think that might have been my first time seeing Ryan Gosling in a movie because I'm pretty sure he's one of the he's yeah. one of the football players. And um, yeah. I think Hayden... Penetar. Um, Penetar, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Oh, okay. I, I've always wondered how you pronounce her name. Okay, cool. Um, she, um, that was my first time... Or, I didn't realize it until after I had seen her in the in the show Heroes that was on NBC. But yeah, like Remember the Titans was like I also remember like being involved with Remember the Titans a lot for some reason. Like just kind of like that like that might have been one of the first times I'd seen like a football or like a sport movie that really like grabbed my heart the way it did. Like that's like that's like a that that's like a heartstring puller a hundred percent. I love that about it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those. Yeah. I feel like that era, I mean, I, I love movies because it's like you can do so many different vibes. I'm a big fan of like romantic comedies as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a bit lighter, but we all love a good movie that I feel like movies like that, you feel every emotion, like happiness, sadness, anger, frustration. And I think I it's almost like um like a little bit of a high. I feel like when I think back of why I wanted to watch it so much, it's like I experienced every emotion in about 90 minutes within this movie. Right. What was the what was the last great romantic comedy you saw? 
Honestly, I rewatch old romantic comedies. I was just suggested to watch this new one with Gabrielle Union and someone else, actually. Let me look it up. Um, yeah, so sure. It's on Netflix right now. But it, I, the last one I watched is like The Best Man. I love that one. Oh, yeah. The Best Man is a classic, too, man. What a great movie. Yeah. Love Jones. Um, oh, The Perfect Find is what I was suggested to watch. Right. Yeah, not yeah, no. My dad was telling me about the perfect find. I haven't seen it yet, but okay, I want to watch it. I love a good romantic comedy. I mean, I love also love like this is not a movie, but one of my favorite shows is Sex of the City. I probably uh-huh. watched that like all the se- all the seasons like third time. <laughs> <laughs> I I I've I've still I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, um, I've never I've never done a full Sex in the City. Re- um, I've never done a full front to back Sex in the City watch, but like both my parents loved it. So like I so like I know a lot about it. But I know a lot about it just through osmosis. But um, yeah, you know, like Carrie Bradshaw and just all the just I I, I was I was I was always kind of fucked up about Carrie's relationship with Mr. Big. He was he was also someone who's kind of like a piece of shit that I couldn't yeah. handle. Like. <laughs> hundred percent and just like still have and just, just like having love for somebody like that in spite of yourself is just like that shit's so weird <laughs> it's very draining it's very draining yeah yeah yeah, yeah no dra- draining is definitely the word um man so like so see so like that's you with movies um as you were as you were growing up like when did music first come into your life and when did that become like capital m music for you Honestly, I've been singing since I was like since I could probably talk. Um, mm-hmm. like I did my first show, not really like I'm gonna get paid for it, but I was in preschool. I did like this old man. So I just always like <laughs> felt comfortable on stage. I was definitely like I'm like an introvert slash out like extrovert, excuse me, extrovert. Introvert slash extrovert. <laughs> like I feel like I'm introverted, but also I can be extroverted, but then I'm like once I put all the energy out there, like after I do a show, I'll be like, all right, I don't really want to see anybody for like a couple of days. Like I need to refill yeah. my time. So I feel like music has always been that. I mean, I grew up around music. My mom was, was a musician and she was um, like a music teacher as well. So I just, it was very normal for me. Like when I was a roadie, like I would have to carry all her music gear. Like, um, mm. You know, she would always like she paid the bills and music. So like, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, she would have gigs. I would be a babysitter. I would, if she couldn't find a babysitter, I'll go to the gigs with her. So I'll be like in bars, pubs, and you know, she'll be singing. So it, I feel like I kind of had an unconventional home life growing up. Wow. Yeah. Like, how uh, how how old were you when you started doing roadie work? 
honestly, when I was, uh, she probably started making me, she made me do it. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. I right, wanted yeah, no. Nah. For the record. No, as soon as I could carry anything. Honestly, so probably fucking elementary school. As soon as I could carry a PA, I was like, hey, could you help me get this in the car? So I'm like, oh, yes, okay, fine, woman. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I get you. Um, my dad, my dad's a musician too. He's a musician and a roller skater. So I've like I never I I never did like roadie work, but you know, like you like go out to things and it's like, oh, like we're going to have a skate off, like come out and like come to the rink and it's like and just like the kids in the corner trying to figure out how to skate and sing and he like does like production work and all that stuff. So like, you know, I I I I I get it. I get the I get the whole like parents and musicians. So like you need to like come and see if this sounds good or like come help me like move this like move this system, pick up this yeah. guitar and strum something out type shit. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, literally. And my mom would have, um, she would operate her, like when she started expanding and like having her own private vocal clients, I feel like vocal warmups, <clears throat> like I could just like, they haunt me forever. Like certain vocal warmups, I just, because <laughs> you hear them all day, every day, just people doing vocal warmups. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know peace. <laughs> yeah nah like that's but you know like that's why they're effective because they get in your head and you never forget them like i still i have i haven't played piano in years but there was one that i used to like remember to remember um uh, note progressions there was one called face for like f-a-c-e and like it's it's all still in there from when i was like 11 12 13 years old like it's it just never leaves (laughs) yeah i mean our brains are most formidable then so it makes sense Mm mm-hmm it's fun right to- right yeah no that's facts um when did you uh when did music like like when did you start thinking like oh like i want to like make music of my own as opposed to just like being around mom doing her thing i feel like high school because i did i was did musical theater i went to um like a specialized middle school or a magnet school they call them um yeah I, we had those two okay yeah so i did the, i was in the performing arts section and so like the in sixth grade, you do all four, and then the next you do two, and then the next you do like one primary focus. So like, I think right. we have percussion, choir, theater, and dance. So I got like, you know, I, I, I guess I have when I once I have more formal training. I, I originally wanted to be an actress, actually, which I feel like plays a lot into my music because I like to like play roles and i feel like i'm also super super inspired by other musicians who are like super theatrical um right because like when you're a theater kid it never leaves honestly (laughs) um but um i think in high school i went to just like um for lack of a better word a normal high school like didn't have any special focus but in high school i was able like in the ninth grade i heard my voice back for the first time so at the time, there was this Baltimore club producer, J-Rock, and he was like, yo, he was like, I, he was like, oh, even though, I feel like my friends, so they knew I would sing. My friends knew I could sing. And so my my friend Amanda, she would always make me sing on her voicemail. So weird. Like, so any time <laughs> she's like, okay, I want you to sing Alicia Keys, No One. And I would sing No One, and she's like, yes, it's my voicemail. So every time you saw her phone, you'd <laughs> be singing different songs. And so my friends always make me sing. So I feel like I don't even remember how he heard my voice, to be completely honest. I'm like, was it through running for voice reels or maybe just 
I don't know, me singing around or something like that. And um, he like sent me beats and I started writing songs. And I remember like my mom was in the house, he came over and he was like, all right, let me hear what you wrote or whatever. And I remember like singing back to him and like I was I was so new at it, like in the sense of writing songs because I had always written poetry. But um, I was like writing songs. I remember like singing, thinking, like, getting out of breath. Like, like I couldn't like sing exactly what I was writing. <laughs> but I remember just having the <laughs> desire to be like, ah, like I like this because it felt challenging. Like it felt like I was able to like finally find my voice for lack of a better word, like tell my yeah. own story. And then my mom, she recorded me on like she had a task cam. And that was the first time I ever heard my voice back. So when I heard my voice back, I was like, ooh, like I remember I did not like mm. the first time you ever hear your voice back is the weirdest experience in the world. I, I get it. I get <laughs> it. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't sound like that. So right. I feel like after that I was like, okay, like I gotta I wanna start recording. And then I started like recording covers and like little like written songs on a Bluetooth mic once we moved to LA after I graduated high school. Um, because I went, I was went to school in Los Angeles, and um, I just felt like, yo, I'm in a new city. Like, I don't literally don't know anybody here, um, except for like my aunt. Like, you know what I mean? Just like it's a new, fresh yeah. Planet. I don't know anybody. I had like a new MacBook, and I just started like singing, like, um, covers, and like just like getting to know my voice more intimately. I feel like that was like a big part of it. Was just like constantly recording myself singing different covers even then i would like write my own songs over other people's beats and um then i just started putting stuff out on soundcloud and like randomly i wrote hyd like bad i mean like probably like in like 2015 i put it on like um i put it on um soundcloud and it like it kind of hit i got like 90,000 plays on it and i was like this is so random but it was like soundcloud was popping like when you could right. kind of discover people off SoundCloud, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely peak times. Yeah. Yeah. And then people like started hitting me up in LA and it was super random, but it was super organic. Like I was just like, yeah, I just want to like sing, you know what I mean? So then I just started like a lot of hip hop groups work, you know, they reached out to you and you start to sing like hooks. And then I got in studios with people and kind of like got to record in like a real environment, even if it was just like a studio in someone's closet, I felt like, oh, shit, I'm so I feel like once I feel like honestly, like once I did all that stuff, I was like, yo, I really like this because I finally felt like I felt like I was finding community. You know what I mean? Like people who were like right. me because I knew I didn't want to work in an office. Like I knew what I didn't want to do. I knew like, right. you know, I was like, OK, I know I'm, I'm too bossy. Like I got a mouth on me. So it's like I'm not really the, the best employee, honestly, because if you talk to me a certain way. I'm going to tell you to sit the fuck down. And then now all of a sudden I'm fired. It was like, well, you did talk to me, right. Right? you know? So I knew I was like, okay, I'm not like that. Like, that's not really my lane. So I feel like that, it, it was like a long, I guess over like, over a series of those years. But the very first time was definitely in middle school. That's tight. Before yeah. we move on, I'm, I'm still, I'm still stuck on the idea of you like singing voicemail messages. Cause like the first, cause the first, cause like when you said that the first thing that came to mind was like when people used to like, like when like 
when like 106 and Park would come on and like people would like record the songs and then just and yeah. it, it, it would, it would record like 10 seconds of the shit yeah. and then they just be like hey I'm hey like I can't come to the phone right like, like that's the first thing that came to mind for me so it's just like cutting out the middleman and it's just like you it, I don't know that's just funny as hell to me I like that it, a lot <laughs> my friends always I've been lucky like I've been lucky where my friends always been my biggest supporters like they always like even when I was in LA, like one of my closer friends, Adelina, we'd be out. She's like, my friend can sing. You want to hear her sing right now? Do it. Just start singing. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, la, la, la. You feel me? Like, like, so I always have friends where it's like, that's why I feel like, because I'm shy. So it's like, I don't tell people, like, even if I'm working like a job, I won't tell people I make music. You know what I mean? But it's like, I feel like right. I always have to attract people who are like, Oh, you can sing. All right, girl. Start singing now. Sing right now. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, no, you need that push sometimes. Like, you know, it, it's just like, you, you you know, like just like whether you're like humble or shy, like sometimes it's just like, nah, do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally put you on the spot. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is crazy. And before, um, um, but before we move on to like more of your progression as a musician, um, like as you got older and started to like really like get yourself into music for real, was there a period of time where you saw like music and film as two things that complement one another? Like that, that, that can just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like music is it, music and film go hand in hand. I feel like I'm very visual when I'm writing. So I'm almost imagining a movie as I'm making songs. Like, even with my latest project, like The Magician, I imagined, uh, like, it's the first part of, like, a four-part film. Or you could even say a play. That's pretty interchangeable at that at this point. But, like, right. um, you know, I just feel like it's it, you're telling a story. The music tells a story to the film. You know, there are, of course, silent films, but a film with music just hits differently. You don't even realize, like, oh, you're watching a movie and, like, the music in the back is what's making you know, like, oh, something scary is about to happen. Like, it's telling you the story. Yeah. You know? No, I, no, 100%. And, like, even with, like, silent film, like, even silent films have music. You know, like, music was the only thing you could hear, you know? And, like, that would, uh, you know, like, yeah, no, I, you know, I agree 100%. I think, uh, I think music's really beautiful because of that. And just, like, I always, you know, like, you know, like, music is something, like, in the back of a film that, like, you don't always think about it until it's not there. You know, like you watch a movie like No Country for Old Men that doesn't have a score at all. And you're like, oh, there's no music here to like tell me how to feel right now. So like, that's kind of so have to like, sorry, what? I said, that's so interesting. I've never seen that movie. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good one. It's kind of intense, but like, I didn't think, but, but yeah, like I didn't think about it. I had a guest on like a year and a half ago, my man, uh, Brain Orchestra, who I think also lives in Baltimore. Um, even though you're in New York, but like he's in Baltimore. Um, uh, he mentioned it to me and I had seen it and he was like, that movie doesn't have a score. And I was like, oh, I guess it doesn't, huh? Like, I didn't even think about that until he had said it. But like the music really plays such an interesting role in like how we process the images we look at. And, you know, that's why this exists. You know, that's yeah. why this podcast exists. <laughs> It's that, it, you know, and it's like a walking into a store without music. Like, you know, Target doesn't play right. music. Right. You know, but you don't realize that. But when you go into any other store, there's always music. Right. And it's just like, just like how that enhances your shopping experience. It's, it's weird, man. Like we're, we're like the human brain is like the weirdest thing. Like we still don't know how it fully works. And that's you know, like stuff, stuff like that always fascinates me for real. Yeah. 
Well, music is vibration. So, you know, it can chemically right. affect the way that your brain feels. So it makes it, you know what I mean? It makes so much sense. I was watching this like YouTube video on the law of attraction. It was like talking about like waves and like how we only see 0.03% of like energetic waves. So it's like, Jesus Christ, that's basically 99% of like energy that we, we, we can't even physically see in this realm, which is mm. actually. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, no, send me. Yeah, no, send me that. I'm kind of interested in in, in 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 like digging into that more, honestly. Um, okay. but um, what what else was I gonna say? Oh, before um, before we move on, or or actually, no, no, no. I guess we are moving on at this point. Um, so like all of this, so like everything happens. Uh, you move out to LA. You start to you start to like develop yourself and start putting out music and collaborating with people, like. Um, when did you when did you first realize that music was going to become more than just a hobby? Like, when was it like, oh, like I'm a lifer, I'm doing this shit? Uh, I'll say probably when I like dropped. I had dropped when I was probably dropping on SoundCloud. I feel like even now with my new release, like um, I'm more so feeling comfortable in that. I'm definitely someone who like tends to pick things up and set them back down. You know, mm-hmm. thing with, with music, it's like I owe it to myself and to people who listen to be consistent, you know? So I feel like that is, to be honest, kind of like a, a tug of war with me internally, you know, because it's definitely one of the like industries that just makes the least sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No one can, people can tell you, you know, I could talk to an A&R and they'll tell me one thing. Most of the time it's flair and it's spectrum, you know, but really like you could do everything right and it go a certain way. So I feel like that's something that I honestly, like, I feel like I was faking it before, like, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, but I feel like now I'm like really in my knowing of like, no, no, no. This is like, this is really like truly my purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, nah, it's crazy. It's crazy to hear that, like, you're feeling that way now. And you and you've really been working at this for so long. And you're right. Like, it's 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 like so volatile and unpredictable. Like, it's it's, you know, like I've known, you know, like I've and I'm sure you've known so many people who just like, you know, like people get started and they have something special. But like the industry and just like the way like trends and expectations go, just beat the shit out of you. And it's just like, why am I even here? <laughs> you know it like it takes it's, a long it's, time you know but so for some people it doesn't you know what i mean and i think right. that's the whole thing of like when you hustling and you putting out all this work and then you feel like you looking around and you see people you feel like you're not growing at the rate that you expected of yourself i feel like people eventually like okay i, I need to start you know i have a family to support. also i feel like life happens that's the biggest thing that people don't realize, like, oh, why so-and-so, you know, stop doing music or so-and-so, like, um, like one of my producers, uh, he produced Consciousness. He, like, don't do music at all no more. You know what I mean? That beat is, like, one of the most insane, like, like beats I've ever been sent to this day. It was just so different and, like, just so unique. You feel me? But, like, yeah, people have kids. People have a family, and it's, like, um, it's, like, sometimes you, you know... You just do what you feel is right in that moment. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, and and yeah, you know, like you're right about just like family and like financial, whatever. It's just like everyone's different. Everyone's got like like you're like we're all human. We don't know what we all have going on. Right. But, um, you know, like it's like you know, like I've known I've known so many talented musicians who just like whether it be musicians, rappers, producers, singers, whatever. Like just life happens, and you got to go figure that out. And you know, you either come back or you kind of just like hold on to it as like a you know, like this is mine and I'll just like indulge it when I have the time and the ability. But like, you know, it's um, like I remember I remember when consciousness first came out and I heard it and I was just like, wow, like this is like this is this is just like really, really dope. And then like right after that or maybe I'm forgetting the order right now. But either way, like that and diaspora were the two things that like really that really just like smashed me over the head. And like, I saw, I saw a hell of people talking about diaspora and I was like, Oh, like I, you know, like I saw the cover and like, you're talking about your theatricality. Like I saw that in the cover and I was like, Oh yeah, let me tap in with this. This looks really cool. And I heard it and I was like, Oh yeah. Like, the, you know, like I'm all about this. Like I love the concept. I thought like the whole like diaspora shit was like really cute. And just the way you uh, just like, that's, I, you know, I feel like that's one thing that I've really come to love and appreciate about your music is like the theatricality of it, you know, like, you know, like you, you, you make, you know, you make like what's considered like R&B and soul, but like, there aren't very many people I could think of who like, you were talking earlier about how you love romantic comedies and how like you really love like the gamut of emotions. And like, I get all of that from your music, like the happy, the sad, the good, the bad, the angry. And it's like, it's not just there in like a superficial way. You know, like I feel it in your voice and like, that's not an easy thing to do if you're not like living that shit. <laughs> right. No, that's you know? real. Yeah. And I love that point you made. And first of all, thank you so much. And then, you yeah. know, that's a whole other thing too, of like, people have to live life. You know, that's like a whole thing too, of like, <clears throat> granted, if you have like certain label expectations and you have to fulfill a quota, then of course, you know what I mean? You're going to have to right. output to get a different rate because you're in a legal contract but when you're still independent and like you know kind of still building yourself up for lack of a better word you have that freedom to drop whenever you want you know what i mean so i feel yeah. like the, the some of my most some of the music i cherish the most is just like very raw and authentic and it's from it's from real life experiences and it's clearly like this person is writing about something that's real and relevant they actually have lived life they're not just writing words down it's not just mindless and unintentional this person has lived life right. and they're sharing it with me like i'm a close friend you know it's an honor and a privilege it's not a right right exactly yeah no i was doing some reading and i read um on the band camp piece about consciousness and how and how like that was inspired by like you working at a um a dispensary and like seeing somebody who like regardless of what their life situation was like they always had like 20 or 30 dollars <laughs> you know like and you just like making that into a song and um just like the fact that you had had the idea for diaspora um i think i think you said it had like bloomed around like 2013 and it took you you know you know, like from like because the album came out in, or, or the project came out in 2018 so it took like yeah. about four five or five years for that to develop yeah yeah so like so you know like um like where did the initial idea um for diaspora come from and do you think that it benefited from that like five-year gestation period you know the thing about when i approach music 
is I just start writing stuff. Like I didn't know it was going to be called diaspora till probably halfway through the creation process. Because I remember once I knew I was like, okay, this is going to be diaspora. I wrote it all over my wall. So I had it up there for like two something years. You know what I mean? But when I first started like just writing songs, I just said to myself, yo, I just want to make an album. I was like, I want to make an album. You know what I mean? That's my intention. I want to make an album. I don't know what I want it to be about, but I was just writing songs about, you know, whatever it is I was going through. So I feel like, especially with diaspora, that's why it's like you get love, you get like kind of, for lack of a better word, political, you get, you know, all the different vibes on there because it was, it was over such an extended period of time. It's like, I'm kind of giving you a peek into my life over the last six years. Oh, you're muted. (laughs) Yeah. I just got a phone call and it just like, fuck my whole shit up. I think like, Everything you said was there, but I think I lost like the last 10 seconds of what you said because like my phone went off and then like my Spotify started playing. It was weird. Yeah, no worries. Um, no, but I'm just saying like, um, yeah, I, I, when I went into it, I wasn't like, this is the name of the album. This right. is like the quota. I feel like when I create, that's very much like too... I'm an organized person, but I feel like I'm kind of like unorganized in my creation process. Like I just write shit out and then halfway through, like when I dropped consciousness, I knew it was going to be called diaspora, but I was already working on the music for like two, three years. So it's like, you know, and then it wasn't released till 2018. So, you know, it it was such a, but it was my first time ever putting something together. And I really wanted to like, I had this, very specific vision in my head. And I feel like as the process went on, it changed. And that's the thing too, because you'll have one intention and then it's like life happens. And then you're like, you know what, this is, this is what it should be, you know? Right. Um, Around, around what time did you realize, like around what time did everything start to change for what you wanted this to be? In regards to the project? Yeah. I would say probably when I released consciousness, because when I did yeah. that, I was finding community in Baltimore. And it was like, it was just like people being like, nah, like this is something good. And it was like a lot of like what you see, like all those videos, it was really just people donating their time. Like it was just people being like, yo, this girl is dope as fuck. I want to fuck with her. So I feel like that was like a lot of, that's like also a whole nother part of like when you don't have a budget, you know what I mean? Like I was nowhere, like I'm financially stable now, you know what I mean? But it's like at that time I was not financially stable. So I wasn't able to fund my products, uh, excuse me, fund my projects if at all. It was more of like a bartering system. And I feel like Baltimore is really strong community. So it's like, you know, and we don't have like, um, at the time I will say, you know, everything changes, but at it's not really like a place where it's like people are like, I want to, you know, use you. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very, right. Yeah. Very grassroots. It's very like, yo, this shit's dope. Let's jam. So, um, I feel like, yeah. That's hard. Cause like, cause yeah, you know, like you, um, you know, like when people are like, you know, when you're building community with others and they're, and they're offering you their time, like, that's how, you know, they care. You know, like people, you know, like if people, if people didn't care, they wouldn't be like helping you make a video without any bread behind it. 
you know, yeah. like that's that 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 shit is so real. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, you know, like especially especially for it to have, uh, you know, like come come together over the course of like five years. You know, like that's like that's like an investment, you know, like not even like a I mean, like, of course, like a money investment, but like a time and an energy investment. And just like, you know, like that, like social currency is that social currency is really everything. And I think we're in a we're in an era right now, you know, like we we really have been for the last like, you know, like nine, 10 years. But like especially now that like social currency is really like that's it's it's so important to like not even just like making music, but like making sure that it spreads and that like people hear it you know yeah and like it's relationships and people right. actually liking it's like what people say about you when you're not around you know because yeah. anything can be on social media but it's like even with this i haven't dropped in chow a long time i think last time i dropped was 2008 ooh, 2018 and it's uh, back and forth yeah that's 2018 yeah I think uh, so sp- uh Spotify Spotify says 2019 but either way like just like Okay. Okay, 4 years yeah. then. Um Yeah, still. To the same, you know, 4 or 5 years, that's a good gap and um you know, the fact that I'm able to have people still be like, "Yo, you know, interested in what I'm doing still." It's like it mm. makes me feel good because of course, even if people don't express it, it is a little bit like do people even care? Like, you know, like yeah (laughs) people still care you know what i mean because it's so much like it's just a a real thought that you can have and um it's just nice to see like i i had someone message me the other day like i'm so happy that you're releasing music again like i have so many good memories listening to diaspora and it's like oh shit like i have people that like really care and want to listen and it makes me feel like i want to be more of a servant to like the people that care like i want to give you know like give more music consistently release don't be so in my head about what i create because i think that's a big thing with artists too is like i have so many like even for this last like these four eps they were supposed to be one album but then i was like you know what let me break it up into four acts because i feel like that made more sense for the story i was trying to tell and it just uh yeah i i just feel like it it it's just really important to just be consistent and keep releasing, especially it just shows gratitude to the people that are tapped in. Right. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, no, nah, like it's, it's a, uh, but, but, you know, also, like you said, you know, like life happens and, you know, like things, you know, like things need to, things need to balance themselves out sometimes. Like, of course you, you know, you move from Baltimore uh, to New York and mm-hmm. you establish yourself out here. Um, so, you know, like since we're here, what, um, so talk so talk to me about the magician and like the idea of like you know, you know like where the initial idea of it came from and then when you because you already mentioned that you had decided to split it into four parts but like yeah. where did the initial idea come from and then when did you decide like oh this needs to be four separate things that feed into a whole so i think the creative process for it was for lack of a better word similar to diaspora like after i dropped diaspora um I had got connected with producers up in New York and it was like kind of like a production team. And um, we just started making music. Um, and that's how back. And so when I first started making music, with them, I set the intention of, I want to make an album. You know what I mean? I know I want to make yeah. an album, but you know, it, 
even when you work with new producers, new people in general, it does take time for y'all to learn each other, get the flow. Also, like they had other, everyone has other things going on too. It's like, I'm not the only artist they're working with. So scheduling, I live in Baltimore, certain things like that. So we were making music. We made a bunch of songs and then I released back and forth. So I was, when I released back and forth, I was still working on all these, like originally the album was supposed to be called High Priestess. I knew I like, I don't know what, I honestly could not tell you at what point I knew I wanted to be caught, but I'm a very spiritual person. Like um, I practice Buddhism and I'm not like a super strict Buddhist because like I believe in God, like I was baptized Episcopalian, but I'm very spiritual. So I felt like I view each project that I released as an offering. And I was like, okay, what do I want to embody next in my life? I want to embody the energy of high priestess, which is like divine femininity. The woman who is like, you don't have to say too much. When I come in the room, my presence is going to speak for itself. I was like, that's who I want to grow into. I knew that. I was like, that's 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 the next offering. You feel me? So I was like, all right, cool. But then the music came together. and We were like, fuck it. Let's just drop an EP. This is super fire. You know what I mean? So that was fun. Yeah. So we released back and forth. And then we kept working. We probably worked on it from 2018 to 2020 because I remember we when the world was like kind of shutting down, I couldn't travel up to New York as much. So we had created all these songs and luckily like most of them were finished. So I was like, okay, let's just like wrap this up. We arranged the track list and we like went up, we have rearranged the track list a couple times. Um, and mm-hmm. I wish I could tell you how many songs we made to choose from. It had to be at least a couple hundred, but it was a lot. It was a lot of music. Wow. We, we, we were just jamming though. Cause I would come up to New York and it'd be like, I'd be here for two days. I'm in the studio the entire time I'm here. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it was it was a super fun experience too because I feel like where you create your music also does affect like when I created Diaspora I was in Baltimore it's a very it's not a quote unquote te- stereotypical Baltimore sound when you think of Baltimore you think of Baltimore club music and jazz you know what I mean right um, but it it's like very much influenced by Baltimore culture like dreams I had just like I would go to sleep and I would dream about certain shit. And I would wake up and I would write a song about it. I was like, Baltimore influenced that album. And I feel like these upcoming ones are actually very influenced by the climate of New York, where I was I was actually born here. So it's pretty cool because I've never lived here, but I was just born here. Um, right. So it's kind of like a homecoming, for lack of a better word. But yeah, so then 2020 hit and I had an opportunity to just sit with it. I started shooting music videos and kind of doing what we could. And I was encouraged to release the album at this time it was just high priestess um i was encouraged to release the album during like pandemic the pandemic for lack of a better word and i felt like because we had worked on the project for so many years i really knew that i was like i really want the world to be open and like i want to be able to push my project like do shows like go outside so i was like all right i'm just gonna sit on the music for a bit And I'm very happy that I did because I was essentially able to sit with the music for two years and create like a bunch of content, shoot crazy videos um, and just kind of get my put my conceptual hat on and think about it. Like, how do I want to tell this story? Do I? And I thought to myself, you know, what? I want to tell this story in acts. I was like, it's been so long since I've released any music. I want to kind of like I. I grew up in like Lil Wayne, Gucci Mane mixtape era where they was dropping mixtapes yeah. every week. And I feel like that is the 
the energy I wanted to embody with this, except it's obviously not the same sound at all. It's very R&B. <laughs> but I really wanted to be like, yo, I want to just like really drop every three to four months for the next three years. So I was like, all right, this is going to be the start of my new approach to music. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I've been in my head. I haven't been releasing music because I've been in my own way for whatever reason. So I had to work that out. And I feel like in the isolation of 2020, I was able to like really solidify more, more of that self-love. Like I'm in a place now where I'm like, nah, this shit is dope. It don't matter what nobody in the fucking room sees. Oh my God, your shit's trash. Your mom is trash. Like that's how I feel. Like it's very <laughs> much like this is my child. You know what I mean? And I love her unconditionally. Yeah. And I feel like I didn't have that. Like when I released the Afro, I still felt insecure about my music, you know? And mm. I obviously don't outwardly show it like, oh, I'm so insecure about my music. But I felt that internally of like, do people like it? Oh, will people accept me? Like very much looking for validation outside of myself. And I feel like releasing these upcoming projects is, I feel like I've obtained like that high priestess, like, no, knowing like this is a part of me. I'm sharing this with the world. I love this. And I hope that you love this as much as I love this. But right. if you don't, that's cool too. Yeah, you know, because you love it and fuck the rest, you know? Yeah. Like, so 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 just to make sure that I got the story clear, like everything that you've made, or or at the very least, like back and forth was supposed to be a part of this project that was gonna be high priestess. No, well, back and forth it just came about randomly. Like we okay, were okay. I knew it wasn't going to be on High Priestess because it wasn't aligned with the message I wanted to tell. Got it. Like, that wasn't a part of the story. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. no, just making sure, because I just know, like, you were, you know, you, you know, like, the 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 creation of what was going to be High Priestess seems like it was, like, there was a, there was just a lot going on there, and I just wanted to be there sure was I a had lot. everything cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, nah, um, so, I'm trying to think of... Like, oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you before because uh, you had already mentioned how Diaspora was, like, very much influenced by Baltimore and how the new stuff is very much influenced by New York. I was going to bring up, um, I was going to ask you earlier, like, if uh, if if living between Baltimore, Los Angeles and New York had inspired the music you make at all, because, like, traveling is, like, it's just, 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 like, surroundings play such a huge role in, like, how music can turn out so like it's really cool to hear that that was the case and i'm happy you you answered the question without me having to ask it it's always fun when that happens <laughs> yeah i feel like the music that i make in new york is a lot more polished and i feel mm -hmm. like but that's representative of i feel like new york I, obviously new york is not the most polished place but it's like coming from where i come right. from it's like it's the the quality you know what i mean i feel like uh I elevated the quality of my music, you know? Um, yeah. And I feel like Baltimore, it was just like, is very representative of the surroundings, very gritty. Like, even when I listen to the mixing and the mastering of it, you know what I mean? Like certain qualities like that, that people, you know, who, you're not thinking about that when you listen to it, you just enjoy the music. But I'm like, damn, this mix sucks. You know what I mean? Like certain <laughs> things like that, that I was, I had learned from Diaspora. Like, yo, I want my stuff to sound like when you sound, a, when you play a Beyonce record, the mix sounds just as good as Beyonce's. Yeah, right. That matters. <laughs> that shit really does matter. And like, you know, like I'm really interested in just this whole idea of you just like stockpiling like music and videos um you know like even before the pandemic happened 
But, um, you know, like, and I've also kind of been caught up on the at ease video, which I love. It's been really nice to just like sit with that and watch it. Um, was, I know you, um, I know you co-directed that video. Was that, yeah. the, was that the first, was that the first time that you'd been hands-on with the video or had you been doing that before too? I've been doing that from day one because so. I am very particular in my visions. So like all the videos that you saw before that, like mine is back and forth. I didn't direct that one at all, but I've directed all my videos. Mm. Um, but honestly, that came out of like um, a place of like, well, no one else is going to direct. You know, I didn't have access to directors, but it's like I knew right. I wanted to do the video. So I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to direct it myself. Right. And, you know, like since uh, since um, since the video and since the magician have been out, you know, it's been like not even you, you know, it's really only been a couple of days. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So like how do you how do you feel about the reaction it's gotten so far, especially considering that it's been, you know, four, five years since you like last dropped the project? Like, do you feel like I know it's only been a couple of days and that might be kind of crazy to ask. But like, do you feel like a. Uh, do you feel like people are connecting with it so far the way you might have wanted? I do. And I feel like a lot of people are sending me personal messages, which I feel mm-hmm. like that it's just nice that people like are thoughtful enough to share that with me. Like, oh, no, you know what I mean? Like, no, this is, you know, it's it's just nice to to hear people's genuine reactions to it. And it's like at this point, um, I'm excited to keep going. You know what I mean? And keep releasing the next part um, and kind of keep the motion going because I am a hoarder of content. And that is something that I'm actively working on, like not doing, because I will hoard like four, three, five music videos at once. It's actually sick. (laughs) Um, But I like to plan ahead. Um, So, you know, I just like to always kind of, you know, know what my next step is before I even take it. Right. Um, and why do you, I mean, I mean, I mean, like you already just said that you kind of like to plan ahead, but, um, have you ever had, have you really like sat down with yourself and thought like, why do I like to, why do I like to hold on to this stuff like this? Cause it seems to me like you're in a, I mean, like you're clearly in a place now where it's like, okay, it's time to like get it out a little more consistently, but like, why do you, why do you think you were holding on to that stuff? Cause I feel like I just was in my head. I feel like I'm, you know, I have Virgo placements. I could blame my Zodiac sign. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think at the end of the day, it comes from self-doubt because it's like once you share something and it it comes from a place of like, well, this is mine. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's like sending your kid. I really view my music as children. So it's like, it's like sending your kid to school for the first day. Like you don't know what's going to happen to your child, but you know, your kid does have to go to school. You know what I mean? You know, like your kid has to get an education or else they're just not, you know, not going to reach their full potential. So it's like the past. I feel like the what if was very scary for me. And it Mm -hmm. was like, well, what if? You know what I mean? Well, there's not going to be no what if if it never comes out. And I just have 20 albums and 50,000 music videos sitting on my computer. Right. And then, you know, it, it, and then, and then, like you said, it's all just like, what ifs? And it's like, you know, you don't want that. You don't want that to turn into like, you know, like there's a difference between like self-doubt and like regret, you yep. know, and, and, and you're like, to me, and, and, and you're like, self-doubt is the type of thing that can like metastasize and turn into regret. And, 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 and you're like, nobody wants that, no. you know? 
And like, and you're like the thing that I've really been like sitting with, um, just like having listened to the magician quite a few times. It's just like, this is just such like a bubbly, like new love type of project to me. Yeah. And it's, it, it, you, you know, like it feels very summery in that way. Like, you know, like at ease, um, excuse me at ease and um the sweetest and a sweetest thing in particular like that's the type of shit that i know that like if i turned on bet now in like 2006 like that's the type of shit that i would expect to hear like next to like uh next to like because because like when i heard i was listening to sweetest thing before we hopped on and the first thing it reminded me of was uh destiny's child's cater to you which is one of my favorite one of my favorite songs ever like i mean like that's also a song that's like depending on how you look at it a little fucked up but like i love that song it's like it's like it's, it's beautifully produced beautifully sung i love that song and like it just kind of gave me like that musical that musical vibe you know like just like the music kind of just like flowed in that way and um you know considering that the the project in general is very much like in sort of like a new love state like if you're if you're comfortable sharing where the other EPs might take that theme, I'm really interested to know like what else you have in store there. Like you don't have to yeah. spoil anything if you don't want to, but you know. No, I mean honestly, so the four EPs they're gonna represent the four stages of a relationship, and it's so funny that you mentioned because I was a huge Destiny's Child fan growing up, so I feel like <laughs> a lot of my influences they're sub- going to be subconscious in my sound. You know what I mean? Because I grew up yeah. on a certain era of R&B. So, like, even when I try to get on, like, newer, like, tr- like I wouldn't say trendy, you know what I mean? But I guess, like, yeah, I don't know what to call it, like, trap and be, you know what I mean? More, like, trappy stuff. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I'll feel out of place, you know? Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is... This is just not my pace, you know, but I'm like, oh, okay. The air I grew up in and the sound, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, that makes so much sense. But the next four parts, it's just the four stages of our relationship. So then the next EP is going to be called High Priestess. And that represents like the stage after love where the, the new love, excuse me, where it's like you starting to settle into the relationship and now they're not super getting on your nerves. But you know what I mean? Like you, the rose colored glasses are off and you've been in a relationship for long enough to have little icks about that person. It's not literally the money phase over. Like (laughs) you don't put down the toilet seat is irritating me type of shit. Like (laughs) very much those little things. That's great. I love that. (laughs) Um, That reminds, cause, cause um, what's it called? The, um, uh big crits last album did something kind of sort of similar and i didn't think it worked the way it needed to so i'm excited i'm excited to see somebody actually like go for that and like make and 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 just like flesh flesh that concept out because like you know and and and, then you know like to your point about um to your point about just like an just like a just like a different sensibility that isn't in the realm of like Cause like I'm a big like plug and B person. I've been listening to a lot of plug and B lately for some reason. Like I I don't know why. Like I, it's it's like a um um. You know who like uh you know who like Summers is. Summer I, Walker. Uh no 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 somebody uh um oh, no somebody else named Summers. He's oh, a, no. I, I forget where I forget where he's from. But like but like but like plug music is kind of I don't know how to describe plug music, but it's kind of like it's kind of like like electronic like chip tune sound it's it's like a combination of like 
trap influence stuff and like chip tune influence stuff it's weird to describe like okay. it's it's one of those things that you hear it and it makes sense but like you know, like I've been, I, I've, I've, I've been on that kind of wave lately. You know, like with people like uh, my homegirl Lucille Gotti, she put out a really great album that's in that vein. Summers does stuff like that, and um, you know, like it's just, it was, it was just really cool to. I just appreciate you being like, hey, all of that stuff is tight, but like this is what I like, this is what I grew up on, this is what I know, and this is what I'm gonna do for now. You know, like the fact that you know, like the fact that you don't feel the pressure to like want to no. hop on like all the trendy shit like that's that's cool you know because like it, it, it can it, it, it can be hard sometimes when it's just like oh look at all these people doing this thing over here that's getting all this attention you know but like you just kind of you know like that's um that determination and just like this is who i am just like not running away from who you are because no. you know like i can tell like this is you you know like you, yeah. know, like you, you know you said it earlier like you're giving us you're giving yourself to people Right. And that's like, that's really sacred and intimate. And you're like, you're like, I'm not necessarily the most spiritual person, but like, that's an aspect of music. And like, I guess spirituality that I've always really connected with in terms of music, just like, I'm going to give part of myself to you and we're going to, and we're going to marinate and vibe off of that. Like, that's a spiritual experience, you know, like yeah. regardless of what your denomination is, you know? Yeah. So like, I, I, I appreciate that that manifests in your music and just hearing you talk about it now. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I will say my favorite, I will say my favorite, some of my favorite current R and B artists, like you can hear it in them. Like when I listen to Jasmine Sullivan's music, I hear classic R and B her, but that's her vibe. You feel me like that? Right. When I listen to some, even Summer Walker, her shit sound like throwback R and B, but it's more polished. Ari Lennox. Same yeah. shit. You feel me? It's this is like the shit. You know, like this is like you, soul music. You feel me? Like this is really like you can feel that shit. And I feel like that yeah. is like my most favorite part about R and B music, especially when I was growing up. It was just like feeling, 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 feeling. You know, it was you like you could tell that they went through something to share that part of them with you. And I feel like. I'm inspired by the women that, like, those three women, I feel like they're keeping R&B alive. Even, like, Coco Jones, she got, like, oh. you could throw her on in 2001, she would have went up. You know what I mean? Yeah, her definitely. Song is, her vibe is classic. You feel me? And when you see, like, when I see people like that gaining attention, like, I believe she won Best New Artist, it make me feel like, yo, just stay in your lane, keep doing what you're doing, because people want that. You know what I mean? Right. People do want that soul shit, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Nah. And, and it's so crazy you bring this up because I was just talking to my sister about this a couple days ago. Um, you know, like Joyce Rice is somebody who's in that lane, too. And, you know, like her album Overgrown that came out a couple years ago. I've been going back to it a lot because, you know, like that's like, you know, you, you know, like I feel like we grew up on similar music like Amor, um, 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 Amory's. Um, I think the album is All I Have, the one with uh, Why Don't We Fall in Love on it. Like, that's one of my yeah. favorite albums of I all love time. That I album. love that album. Like, that's like when it gets warm out, um, gotta be there. And why don't we fall in love? Or like some of the first two songs I play, like when the springtime comes around, like that's when I know, like, oh, it's springtime. Yeah. You know, like, you, and it's you know, the reason like that's, why those songs get played back so much. You feel me? So it's yeah. like, even um, like when I go out to the club, they still playing, they be playing stuff that was popping. It's just crazy how long 
certain songs will rotate on the DJ's playlist where it's like, now this really dropped in 2005, but y'all still play it. Like when I see you by Fantasia, that's never right? not going to go up. It's Ever. never not going to go up, you know, Ever. but that's a classic. That is a very classic R&B sound. You know what I mean? That is, right. it's timeless. Right. And, you know, like it's still around, you know, like I, I've like, you know, like I, I consciously came into this interview not wanting to like bring up the whole like the state of R&B. Is it is it good? You know, like I, I, I hate that conversation because it's fine. Like there's so much R&B good art. Great place. Yeah. Right. So like, R and B music coming out right now. It's actually when people say that, it just lets me know they're not looking or they're not listening in the right place. Because I can name 15 new artists off the top of my head. Like I love Xavier Omar too. Like he's great he too. So yeah. good. He's so good. <laughs> Giveon. There's so many great. Once again, Giveon. Like and all these. It's a classic sound. Music recycles itself. It's just like fashion. Nothing is new under yeah. the sun. It recycles itself. Right. Yeah. No, like Q-Tip said it on the Tribe album, you know, everything moves in cycles. I think about that all the time, you know, like we're at the point and we're at the point now where like 2000s nostalgia is at an all time high. Like everyone's really into the early 2000s right now. So that's just like, right, exactly. You know, like it just, it just moves, it always moves in like 20 year increments, you know? So like, that's just kind of how it works. And like, yeah, yeah, like I said, like, like before we hopped on, while I was like writing my questions, I was like, I like, just like just just the whole that whole like is R and B in a good place conversation. It it just makes me so mad because like you said, it, you know, like it's it's like because it's like it's a it's a weird argument because yeah, people aren't looking and they're kind of like dependent on either algorithms or other people to tell them what to find. But at the same time, it's like there's so much music that it's it, it can be it can be like dead overwhelming to just like. It, it's it's a complicated topic, but like either way, like the music's there, the music's there, the feelings there. You bring it. All the women you mentioned bring it. All the men and them's who are in there, you they all bring it. You know, so like it's just never. There's never been a period of time where I felt like there's been like a dearth of R and B or like oh we don't have like well, I'm I'm missing that no. like no like and even no. if you're not like just go just go bump the old shit like it's there. Yeah, well. Like, yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, no, we good. Listen, yeah. As long as my president Jasmine Sullivan alive, we good. We good. No. <laughs> That's my president. <laughs> That's the president of R and B. Oh man, shout out to her. Yeah, not and yeah, once again, like that Jasmine Sullivan album, fucking incredible. I spent she's like a crazy. good like month just listening to that shit back. It was just crazy. She's yeah, man. And like I remember, I remember when Bust Your Windows first came out. Crazy. And like that, and like that was a huge hit, you know. So like, and you know, like to see that, right, man. Like her story is just like you know, because like that that was a huge hit. She put out albums, and um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I know she kind of went through some things and had a lull, and then Hotels was like the big like I'm back, you know, and like Hotels is just like just like the way that came together and like the theme and how she like got all the different people to come in and give their stories and like i always i always think about the one where like the one woman was about to the one woman was about to marry somebody and then she wound up having an affair with somebody and they wound up getting married like i think about that interlude all the time and like you know um you know like your music your music has always like circled around themes and like kind of worked with concepts and you know like even i mean like even if they're pretty loose you know like diaspora like i consider diaspora to kind of sort of be like a concept record you know even even if it's not like 
Right. And, you know, and, and of course, like this magician series is like, you know, like it's thematic. There's a concept there. It's not like a it's not like you're trying to tell like a it's not like it's like a Mr. Morale or the Big Steppers or some crazy like heady. Like, I got to sit with this 20 times to figure out what it's about. It's just like there's a theme here and you explore that theme through your music. Um, and I guess like the last my last formal or my second to last formal question before we wrap this up is like, what do you uh, what do you love about working within concepts? Like, what is it what is it about a concept and a theme that makes music more attractive to you versus just like, here's a project with like six songs on it. Enjoy. Like, I just feel like it's a complete sentence. I feel like um, it's just like thematically correct in my brain. I think I, once again, I grew up on albums. So it's just like, right. even if it's an EP, I'm going to put together an EP like an album. Like there's going to be a start and a finish. Like when artists choose, like I know when I choose my track list, it's very intentional. There is a reason why that is number one and that is number four. I'm telling you yeah. something exactly. You know, so that that's just what works best for me. And I feel like it pushes my boundaries and it it gives me like, um, you know, laser focus. Like this is the end goal. Got it. I don't know how I get there. I zigzag up and down all around to get there. But somehow at the end, we end right where we're supposed to. Right. Were there um were there any were there any specific like movies or shows or anything like that that kind of like click with you as like oh this is something that i'd like to like whether it's like a theme or like some sort of like cool effect somebody did through a narrative device or something that was like i want to put that in a project no no i I haven't i haven't felt that yet cool okay yeah no i I, I'm, i'm just i'm just always curious about that because you know like that's just that's just what i'm here for you know i'm 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 I'm, I'm i'm just always about the about that that inner working relationship. But like, I just think like, you know, like your projects are like, they're like their own self-contained worlds. You know, it's just like, you can tell that you put a lot of effort into, 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 into making them flow into one another in a certain way. And, you know, like there was a period of time where I thought that that might not be, I mean, like people, not everybody wants that sort of thing, but like enough people want it that it's once again, it's there. Like, if you're looking for that type of work, it's there, you know? And Yeah, and as an artist, I would never create around what people want. I feel like that's literally anti-art. If You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why would I create what other people... That's insane. You know what I mean? Like, I create yeah. for myself. You know, if a tree falls, it's going to fall if you saw it or not. So, you know, Thanks. I think that... For me personally, that's my biggest thing. Like that's one of like the integral parts of me. Like that's part of my integrity of like I make art regardless of who's listening because I'm an artist. Period. It don't matter if five people are watching or five hundred people are watching. Joy Pastel is Joy Pastel. Period. This is my real name. I was born with this name. I don't have no right. alter ego. Ain't no mask on this shit. None of this. This is really who I am, and that's how I create my music. Let's go. Own that shit. I love that. That's fire. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. You got me amped up. <laughs> um, and on that note, um, Joy Postel, if your life was a movie, what would it be about? It would be about a girl who was born in New York and then moved to Baltimore. And then she had a dream. And then 
she moved to the big city to make her dream come true. And she comes from <laughs> and hustles. And then you watch her fail so many times. She was almost like, this bitch is not going to make it. She failed so many times. But then at the end, she made it. And then she's a rich, rich woman. That's what my movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> Who's playing you in your movie? Or are you me, playing you in your I'm movie? Okay, me. yeah. There you go. I'm playing there you go. me. I'm playing me. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> uh yeah no 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 you, yeah you, you, Peter Cole played herself so I feel like it's possible. Yeah no it's 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 a hundred percent possible. You know like you're gonna you're, you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna do for yourself what Jamie Fox did for Ray Charles. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like this is but if it could it be me, who would it be? I don't know. I mean I guess they're actors. I don't know. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know anyone who could play me. But I'm sure I meet somebody. I would have to hold auditions. Right. I would like it to be a random person you never heard of. Um, yeah. Like, I would like it to, like, I would like to give an opportunity to some, preferably someone from Baltimore, too, where it's like, you know, like, an, like someone you've never heard of that just has big dreams, and they're just a really good actor. And I'd be like, that's who's going to play me. Someone you never heard of. Right. Yeah. No, man. Oh, man. What a great way to bring this full circle. Just like the idea of like, you, you, you um, I'm, 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 you know, like going back to the, going back to the show you were talking about before, like just, just with like people who aren't people yeah. who don't have that expectation on them. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's beautiful. And I know you'd be, <laughs> I know you'd write it on some like Antoine Fisher shit too. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, and I'm directing it. <laughs> right. You ever, you ever, you ever see Antoine Fisher before the movie with uh, Denzel? No. Um, it was uh I'm like I saw it once when I was a kid, but it was a movie about some I think he's like a marine or something, but like the big thing was that like it was like the guy who the movie was about, he wrote the screenplay. So it was like and and and, and like that doesn't happen all the time or like ever really. It's it's like super rare, but like it was you know, like I remember looking at the back because I had on my on my father had the DVD uh and I looked at the back. And I was like, written by Antoine Fisher? What? Like, it, that that shit kind of threw me for a loop. But, like, that's going to be you. You know, you, you yeah. know, Joy Postel written and directed by Joy Postel. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's my story. And whenever people are not an integral part of their biopics, you feel me? Like, I feel like they always complain. So it's like, yeah. what other options do you have? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know? But, Joy, this was such a pleasure. Like, thank you so much. Yeah, like, thank you for having me. No, nah, man, no, no, it's my pleasure. Like I said, um, yeah, you know, like I said, I've been a fan for a minute. Um, I now, now that I think about it, I think I might have actually heard about you through Pink Sifu, who I think That's is a right. mutual friend of ours. Yeah, now nah, Liv, yeah. Liv's the man. Shout out, sh- shout out to Liv. But like, either way, like, I just, um, it's been really dope to see you grow, and I'm happy that you're back and that you're like stable and feeling ready to bless people with new shit and i'm and 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 i can't wait to hear the next three projects you know Thank i'm gonna definitely so be li- yeah no i'm gonna definitely be living with the magician for a while so uh, yeah no nah. what'd you say i said the magician out now <laughs> out now go stream it uh go buy it if you feel saucy like make it happen buy that buy that <laughs> please Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. 
Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.